From Baltimore, Maryland, this is The Stoop Sessions, a One Hope podcast. Join us for conversations about ministry on The Stoop. Learn more about our work at www.onehope.gives. Welcome back to The Stoop Sessions. My name is Joel Kurz. I'm Stephanie Greer. I'm Eric Hill. And we are... The Stoop Sessions. The Stoop <laughs> Sessions. It's been a while. You know, yes. uh, I, I mentioned The Stoop Sessions at a uh, pre-conference at... T4G that we just did with 20 Schemes. Shout out to 20 Schemes. Always. Mama Matthew and uh, 20 <laughs> Schemes in the crowd. This is like big brothers, but yeah, mother's good. <laughs> but uh, I said I, I gave a, uh, a shout out to our podcast, The Stoop Sessions, and somebody thought I said The Stupid Sessions, and I kind of like it. No, man. <laughs> nah, yeah. Usually I'm like, oh, that's funny, Joel, but this yeah. time I'm no, like, it's not sticking one, yeah. for me. No? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry that... I wasn't able to support you in that the way. Stupid so, the so stupid sessions. So we don't have sessions. any intelligence whatsoever. Well, yeah. we don't have, listen, we don't have a ton of intelligence. We know enough to know we don't know everything, but we know some things. Yeah. Well. Some, some things. It is good to be back. Though. It is. It is. It yeah. is. We had some technical difficulties. <laughs> that's true. That's true. If you uh, are one of our regular listeners, we yeah, haven't recorded have in a while. Been? Yeah, we haven't recorded because we had some uh, technical difficulties. That's right. That's, a, they, good to, that's a good way to put it, Eric. They have been fixed. And we're Clearly, back. and we're back. The gang is back together. And we yep. back, and we back. Can we so, play secular music on to Okay. Secular music? <laughs> or what are we? Is this a fundamentalist uh, podcast? You know my background, Joel. No secular music, and we also Joel, don't... you know where I come from. Anyway, I'll stop. That's another episode. <laughs> Just kidding. Can we smoke cigars on the podcast? Uh, it's not really good for my lungs. Can we drink <laughs> alcohol on the podcast? Um. How many cups are we talking here? Oh, no. Now it's all going downhill. So let's talk about... The stupid money, money, sessions. money, money. <laughs> yes. It's clearly been a while. <laughs> Let's talk about the fact that that we are stupid rich. Is that a song? No. That sounded like I it's heard those like, lyrics before, though, man. Stupid. No, that's rich. just that's just who we are. Uh, okay. That's what we are. So broke but rich or rich, or rich but rich? Rich. Rich. Rich with what? Crowns in heaven, brother. <laughs> okay. I was gonna say already not yet. Definitely right. talking about <laughs> eschatology. But yeah, let's talk about wealth. I guess, uh, why aren't we rich? I mean, it depends on how we define it, right? Yeah. So we want to uh, take a couple episodes and talk about money. Money, wealth, and not just like money management, stewardship, like there's a place for that. And uh, I don't think that's my forte. Not that I'm a bad steward of my finances, but, um, uh, uh, you know, listen to some Who's, who's doing it now? Is Dave Ramsey still kind of the guy? He was the man. I was? guess he is. is. I mean, I guess he is. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. He helped me out a lot, though, a few years ago. Anyway, yeah. um, but we're talking, though, about the concept of like... He did, he did, bro. Should we be wealthy? Should we pursue wealth? Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, most people that would listen to our podcast know that we're focusing a lot of ministry in low-income areas, neglected communities... And I think sometimes as a result, you know, we get the question at times like, well, wait a second, is it actually okay to have money? Yeah. You yeah. know, is it okay? Does everybody need to like abandon everything and, and move to the Philippines like Jaden Gadsden did um, in order to be uh, a godly man? Or yeah. can you pursue wealth and uh, six, digit, yeah. six digit salaries or more and live in 
a beautiful place in the burbs. And so that's what we're going to talk about is yeah. like, what about that? Can Christians have love? Yeah. So, yep, I'm going to say no, and uh, let's close the podcast. <laughs> All right. I'm going to say, ooh, this I feel was, like there's some nuances Yeah, this there. was the stoop sessions. <laughs> well, no, thank that, God that it's not just one voice. If, that's the stupid sessions. Stupid sessions? No, close. And I'm like, well, well, but, 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 but. There are Christians, says, though. I, there are Christians over uh, throughout Christian history who have said, absolutely not. Christians should not be wealthy. Maybe those individuals are saying, um, it depends if wealth becomes the God. It mm-hmm. can be an idol. Uh, but I've also met well-meaning Christians that think that uh, Christians are called to suffering always mm-hmm. and to pursue. Uh, mm, I want to go back and say, I don't know. I don't think that Christians should pursue wealth. I think that Christians can be wealthy, but I don't think Christians should pursue necessarily yeah. a wealth or a number. But do I think Christians who uh, work in finance and different jobs and things like that, that make a lot of money, should they keep doing that? For sure. Yeah. But I think we have to ask ourselves first, are we saying pursuit like this is the goal and the ambition? Because then I'd agree with those that say, no, that's not what you should do. Yeah. But there are well-meaning Christians that think that um, Christians should suffer and they should never be in a place where uh, they have more than what they need. Kind of like only have one tunic in your hand, only have mm-hmm. one sandal. Right. You know, and I don't know that that's all that that parable meant. But Yeah. Well, for, for the sake of this discussion, I think it would be helpful for us to define what wealth is. Yeah. Right? So, what are we talking about, Eric? According to the Oxford Dictionary, wealth is defined as an abundance of valuable possessions or money. Okay. Do you guys accept that definition? Well, it's the or money part. Say it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. An abundance of valuable possessions or money. I think that's good. I think that's good. I think a uh, simple explanation of that definition is to have more than you need. If we think of abundance as more than I need. I mean, Mm -hmm. in its simplest fashion. So, Mm -hmm. you know, to have what I need to survive, uh, which would be a warm place to sleep at night in the winter and uh, food to eat, clean water. So, you know, growing up, I never thought of wealth in that way. Mm -hmm. I always thought of like, you know, those who had just... Way more than what they yeah. need. Yeah, like yeah, rich exactly. and famous. So, all right. So let's talk about that definition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about then the the popular definition of wealth because yeah. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. We're talking. You know, if we want to be like real on the line here, wealth could be understood as more than you need. And then in that sense, like yeah. shoot, that's where that's where people say yeah. every American is. Wealthy. wealthy, you know, because that, that phrase comes out of this idea of like, we all have access yeah. to more than we really need for yeah. survival. Of course, maybe there's some that don't, but generally speaking, we do. Yeah. Or the resources to, to obtain right. those things. Yeah. Especially to like when you start comparing America to like third world countries and stuff. Like exactly. That. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so in a sense, like, is it okay to be wealthy? Well, shoot, we're all wealthy. So mm-hmm. if it's not okay... We're all not okay in that sense, right? <laughs> right. I mean, the fact that we're recording a podcast means that we had uh, uh, enough money to buy a couple cords and microphones and this little box that we use. And you know, this is this is kind of like a privilege of like yeah. having extra that yeah. we can yeah. even put a podcast yeah, out that, there. That's <laughs> that's <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now right. you're like, like going so who are we to complain? The twilight right. zone of like, well, really, we do have. Right. No, really, it is. I think that definition does um, beckon us to think about perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's that's one conversation we can have with, okay, what does that what perspective look like? And then the or money part 
makes me think, okay, let's tap into other places of wealth that we just have that we don't oftentimes think about that, like a wealth of family or wealth of resources, a wealth of, um, you know, uh, knowledge. So uh, that's cool. And again, we're not always talking about money, but that, that is something, something to be said about connections and people and things like that. It's good. So what are we talking about then? Going back to the sort of popular definition of wealth, what would that be? Like new pair, you got the latest pair of Jordans, um, you've got at least one nice car. Yeah. You live in a nice apartment. You've got a nice house. Yeah. Maybe a really nice house. You know, you yeah. might have a nice apartment, but you don't understand yourself to be wealthy because it's not like the swankiest apartment yeah, in the yeah. city. Right. Yeah. So what's what's popular definition of wealth? Popular definition. Yeah, I think just being able to do like what you desire. Like with mm. your, like you're in a position to like you don't have to like be frugal. Mm-hmm. So it's like you have extra so you can kind of spend yeah. it, you know. You don't need you the budget. Yeah, exactly. You don't need boundaries over what you spend, yeah. how you spend it, when you spend it. It's good. Right. I think boundaries is a good word, Steph, because, I mean, I even feel this for myself, like, because we have so much money yeah. in our bank account. I have no boundaries <laughs> oh, yeah. with how many cars I want. No, <laughs> right. it's actually completely the opposite. Right. I feel that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, sometimes I'm a little, I feel a little constrained. Right. When I look at the budget and my wife tells me, hey, you have, I'm not going to tell you how much she right. tells me I can spend every month, but it's $100. Ooh, that's like a gender <laughs> she gives me, Listen, she gives me 100 bucks to spend a month. Right. So according to <laughs> the culture's definition. That's my spending money. Right. Yeah, so you're you not wealthy. wealthy. It's you're constrained. constrained. Right. It's constrained. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's boundaries. They are. They're, that's why people hate budgets. They're like, I don't want boundaries. And I think we can idolize the rich and famous because they never they have to feel think like, twice yeah. about buying another Lamborghini. Though I just, one. I just uh, was watching some of the Johnny Depp trial mm-hmm. and supposedly he was living outside of his means. And I think, I thought, how does a guy like Johnny Depp live outside of his means? But it's possible. Yeah. But, that's, but I think that's, we're onto something there though, is this idea of like, I don't have to worry about money. And I mm-hmm. hear people say that, like, I just want to have enough money yeah. so that I don't have to worry about money. And I don't exactly. have to necessarily work. To worry about money. Yeah. You know, where That's, yeah. Yeah, wow. growing up in our context, my, my parents worked, my mom worked three jobs, my dad worked around the clock, and they were present, but it was like we we have to work. Paycheck to or paycheck. Else we're, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna eat. Right. We would be able to have opportunities and moments where we could go somewhere and us us kids felt free, even though we were like, Can we afford this? And our parents like would probably be like, Yeah, but really they had already talked and allotted a boundary for what we were able to spend. And so again, I do think it, it has to boil down to perspectives, but there will always be boundaries, which goes into self-control, which also bleeds into wealth. Mm-hmm. So I think that there the the deeper question again is not can we pursue wealth? It's rather does if wealth comes by you, what is your perspective and what's your role in, in doing that? So, so to the question, can Christians have wealth? Quick mm-hmm. round. I say we yes. No, with drill things. I say yes, but I say yes, absolutely. Yeah. Not even a but. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. Now we can have another conversation next. Let's say next episode. Gotcha. I'm the but. Should part. we pursue? Yes. Wealth? However, yeah. I'm the however. Well, let's just start with the. Well, let's just start with the question: Can we have it? Okay, then yes. Is it possible to have it? And, and we're talking about the, the world's definition of wealth, meaning I don't have to worry about anything. Right. Can we have that? Yes, period. Yes. yes. In my little yes. body's waiting for the however, but yes. Yeah, yeah get, let's just we'll live at the, the yes. That's yeah. kind of fun. Why would we say it is 
biblically permissible for a Christian to have extra and extra. Proverbs has a lot of principles about how like wealth is gained mm-hmm. right through godly living. So like wealth is not prohibited in the Bible. Yeah. You know, I think it's uh general rule of thumb if you work hard, you know, if you are a person of integrity and you earn your money the right way. I like how you just emphasize it's a principle, mm-hmm. not a promise. And, and yeah. I think this is the error of the prosperity gospel that they look exactly. at these things, they say they promise they say they're promises. Right. If you do if you live like this, if you live this godly life, you will be wealthy. Proverbs 13, verse 11 says, Wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. And so proverb, this proverb is teaching that, in general, a principle is that we should not seek to gain wealth quickly, yeah. or it will be quickly gone. So we could talk about that maybe in the next episode on pursuing wealth. Yeah. Don't try to gain it quickly, a.k.a. what? Play the lottery, <clears throat> sell drugs. Exactly. Money schemes. Money yep. schemes. But money gained little by little will become great. So general principle there, the person who maybe works a fairly regular job, gaining little by little, saving up a week. little by little, right? Yep. <laughs> um, over time, that adds up. Yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, thinking about very legal ways to do that. I have IRAs. I've got stocks. I've got all these things that I'm thinking mm-hmm. about, right? There's wisdom there. And I also think it's okay to be wealthy because, I mean, we. I'm thinking about First Timothy 6, uh, where it talks about, like, and those who are wealthy blank. You know, I, I don't see Paul condemning that. It's a very, like, known statement. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty or set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God. Mm, so, again, I know we're, you know, even myself rushing to get to the however, but let's just stay there for a second of, like, as for the rich, yeah, you know, it's implied. Uh, several uh, rich congregants helped fuel uh, exactly. and, and sustain ministry. So I think it's implied. Uh, we see Joseph of Arithmia. Lord, tell me how to say that. Arimathea. Joseph. Sound close. The I homie that took, about, you know, the That's homie. Right. He said, yo, Caesar, can I, I don't know if he said it like that, but he's like, I hey, can I take his now. body? Arimathea. Arimathea. Gosh, phonics. I didn't have it in front of me, y'all. But rich. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Lydia was supposedly rich. Yeah. The rich women that supported that's Jesus' right. ministry. Purple goods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love purple so, goods. Yeah, it's yeah. implied. Another He's, proverb, Proverb thirteen twenty two: a good man leaves inheritance to his children's children. So there's something yeah. good about being able to store up in such a way that you can bless future generations. Proverbs ten four highlights the curse of laziness and the benefit of mm, hard yeah. work. It says yeah. a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. It goes yeah. the principle again. Yeah. And yeah. this is not to say that all poverty is caused by laziness. You know, I think right. this is this is the air of some middle class folks today who to believe that, oh, because they're poor, they're lazy. You just need to pull yourself up. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And, and that's not what the Bible teaches. Right. The, but the Bible does teach this general principle. Yeah. That if you are lazy. If you don't work, you don't eat. Now, at the same time, there is common grace. There's this, like, the rain falls on the just and the unjust, Matthew Mm -hmm. 5, 45, meaning that there are those who are wicked, who are sinning against God, and and, and because of God's common grace in this world, they might end up wealthy. Yeah. That's true. Again, principles, Mm -hmm. but not a straightforward, this equals that. Yeah. I also think it's helpful to clarify, you know, talk about wealth because 
um, so many individuals hear situations and they don't know where they fit in that piece of the puzzle. So they're like, man, I'm not poor and I don't want to be poor. So am I being, am I, do, am I disobeying the Lord? And I'm like, no, let, let's actually, let's read yeah. about, I've had friends who felt like they were pursuing holiness by suffering by way of mm-hmm. um, just not having, you know, down to not having a house to live in, not eating normal meals with people, always having to get their meals from the dumpster, uh, you know, not having any clothes that weren't tattered, um, anything that would symbolize uh, having any perceptions of wealth here on earth, they, they strayed away from. And um, they would also uh, be so convicted of that. Any other person pursuing those things would be, yeah. any other person just eating a normal meal would be shamed, you know, almost like you're mm-hmm. not walking and step with God's word. And so I think it's helpful to clarify. We all have pieces of the puzzle that we play. Uh, some go, some send. Um, and so we, we use our resources to be able to provide mm-hmm. uh, things for other um, individuals. But it's not, it's not that God wants you to suffer because it's induced on... Sorry. God does not want you to find suffering that you induce on yourself. Rather, that suffering exactly. comes through people hating God's word, yeah. um, not by you saying, I could live in a place, I could eat mm-hmm. a normal meal, but I'm going to choose to suffer in this mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So it's they looked at they looked at wealth as, as just being bad. It was just... Any kind evil. of, yeah, prosperity of right. any kind. It was an act of solidarity to not have anything on in this world. Back in the early 2000s, mid-2000s or so, I knew a number of people that were part of like this same movement. And it kind of came out of this Mennonite sort of holiness background, actually of extreme radical sort of approaches to discipleship. Mm. And, yeah. you know, I think there's something, I don't want to give, uh, I, I don't want to say too much here, but I think there's something that is kind of like low-key, lower-P prophetic about some of that that can challenge the American sort That's of good. dream. Does That's that make good. sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the sense that we, we should... We should ask ourselves about our right, wealth. Right, And oftentimes... Like I mean, how like, much do we really need? Yeah. yeah. So Eric talking about, oh, I would have never looked at myself as wealthy. I wouldn't either. And I wouldn't even now. And I'm like, right. we have two cars. We have one car, but we had two cars two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my son has his own room. Yeah. Like that's stuff that I didn't even have growing up, but I would still count myself as not being wealthy. So I do think some of that living says, do you actually need everything you have in excess right yeah. now yeah. and there's something about that that I want to repel from but th- there's something also yeah. on their end where I say God is okay with me a Christian might choose to live in utter simplicity and I think that that can be very commendable um, you know, I even think of like Rich Mullins. Do you remember him? Awesome mm-hmm. God. Oh my gosh. You don't know you don't know Rich Mullins, do you? Oh man, nope. my dad would play Our God is an awesome God. That was on the like a CD all the time. <laughs> so I think he hitchhiked to all of his shows. Like he was oh my just gosh. Lo- oh, wow. so low key <laughs> just <laughs> lived a life of simplicity. Um but uh but but I think what we're saying is is from from this base baseline scriptural perspective we can have wealth right yeah yet right so let's yeah. get to the, let's get to the yet yeah so we can have wealth but it's it's not the goal yep. in and of itself we can have wealth we can have wealth yep. <laughs> we can have wealth however yeah. we need to consider the goal. so i i think um like when it comes to wealth we should um store it 
well. So it, I think it it uh, it's a matter of stewardship. Mm-hmm. So we have to remember that God is the one that gives us the ability to get wealth. Mm-hmm. So, but, but even hold up. Yeah, go ahead. Part of my yet though is is somebody will say, yeah. So therefore, wealth is my goal, so I can be a great steward for God. And the yet is my goal. It's the goal. Is the piece. complication? You know, like I want to have money. I want to have. I want to have extra money so I can just bless churches and get behind stuff that you're doing. Yeah. You know That's what why I, I want to be wealthy. Like, so what I, I would want to know, like, you know, to someone who who thinks that way, I would want to know, like, well, what are you doing? With what you have now, come on, Eric. No, I mean that's, you better I ask the question. Good, I'm thinking, like, how are you yeah, living that like, life? Because I, I think a lot of times we think like that, man. Like, if Faithful if I could just uh, if I could just hit the lottery, man, I oh, would yeah. do this. Then I, I would really do that. Start. I would help us get a church building. Mm-hmm. But who have you so had I, at your you, table today? Yeah, like, are you paying tithes now, or like, paying how does tithes. that work? I mean, how are you doing? How are you storing in your your, your finances now? Yeah. So, so uh, uh, was it Sean DeMars? He was with us a few weeks ago. Few weeks, yeah. And yeah. he was talking about the Prosperity Gospel, his Got new a book good that little, he wrote. book out. Yeah. And um, one of the questions that somebody asked in our church to Sean was, can Christians have wealth? It was his very question. And I liked the way he answered it. He said, he, basically, yes, but wealth is dangerous biblically. So he, he likened it to alcohol, that uh, in the Bible, you know, clearly it's not a sin to drink alcohol. Wine is a good gift from God. But he, he, he referenced all of the passages in the Bible that warn against the danger of alcohol, you know. Same thing with wealth. It's clearly not a sin. However, aren't there dangers to wealth? When you, when you look at all of the, what the Bible says about money, look at the warnings to the rich, mm. and the dangers of having, of having wealth. You think about somebody like uh, King Solomon. Like yeah. he, had, he had it all. It led him away. Spirals. God, yeah, like little by little. So one of the, um, I was reading Deuteronomy not too long ago, and it forbids the king, like Israel's kings, from acquiring mm-hmm. a certain number of possessions. Yeah. Solomon went over that. Wow. And you see how his life ended. Mm. Yeah. It was like the, I want, I want, I want, yeah. I want, I want, I want. Yeah. So in Luke 12, Jesus condemns the rich fool. Uh, he, he, Build the barns. Yeah. Right. He's got the increase. He wants to store his grain. So so that, what's the what's the so that? So that he can not have to worry in life. That's right. You know, so so I won't have to worry about a thing. <laughs> so I won't have any categories. Yeah. That's right. No, not categories. Boundaries. boundaries. We have categories. I don't have any boundaries. Any so it's, it's safe to say that guy didn't have to budget. He yeah, did not have to budget. Yeah. I don't want to have to worry about a thing. Maybe you, you want to smoke all the cigars. That's exactly. You're doing that for your lung control. <laughs> but you don't know. But no, no, seriously, the problem with that too is uh, even that statement, I don't want to have to worry about anything. Right. My God. Like I, yeah. so it, it, while it's good not to have to worry about anything um, and trusting the Lord and not being anxious, what that says is I am on the throne. Yeah. I don't want to have to trust God for blank. Yeah. So, and that that's the danger of wealth. It gives you a false sense of security. Mm-hmm. You know, you think that I really don't, I really don't need God because I, I have everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that I want. Mm-hmm. So, what? Why do I need you? Why Which becomes the stupid sessions. Yeah. It becomes that's like right. folly, right? It becomes foolishness because the fool says there is no God and I don't need him. That's but right. the reality is, you need him and there is a God. That's like not a negotiable statement. And so I think wealth starts to make you think, I actually can do this. Mm-hmm. 
which I which is the, the danger, the temptation, and that was the sin of of this uh, this rich man. Yeah. Is I don't need God. Uh, I can take care of my own concerns without without God. I can store up these things as a, as opposed to understanding that God gave him an increase as a matter of stewardship. Yeah. You know, that right. he could have shared with the needy. Uh, instead, he was rich in this world, uh, but poor toward God. Yeah. And That's right. of course, as the story goes, his life was taken rich from him broke. that night. And what, what I think would be an exhortation to rich or wealthy Christians, which now makes me start thinking, man, in what ways has God given me wealth that mm-hmm. I can steward, look after, handle? Now it's saying, in what ways can you take the same passion and grind that you used to get wealth, but to actually be that cunning and stealthy for the kingdom. Yeah. And there are so many opportunities. Yeah. Not just in poor inner city context. Although there's there's some good opportunities here, but the, I think um, if we replace the passion and the grind with I want to make much of God, then I I, I can be wealthy. Because I, I, at the end of the day, I won't die um, mm-hmm. a poor man spiritually. Yeah, you know? that's right. So, so if we are wealthy, we're called to be generous. Yeah, I think that's good. I think, like, let's just, let's set aside the question, can we pursue it? Should we pursue it? Let's set aside sort of those, like, is it okay to try to take more money, go for a better job that pays me more? Let's just assume that people already have extra money in their bank account than they need. Yeah. They already have an extra pair of Jordans or an extra pair of whatever shoes they wear. You know, they've got an extra suit Sheesh. that's nice. Um you they, had got some idols when you said Jordans. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't own a pair of Jordans. You don't, bro? Nope. And your cousin is Tim Carey. Yeah, he owns the Jordans. I don't, I don't own a pair. But let's just assume somebody already has some wealth. You know, yeah. they might yeah, not yeah. consider themselves wealthy. And I think that we're trying to get people to recognize yeah, that you probably there. are. You know, like, yeah, you might have to uh, budget. Mm-hmm. You might yeah. have some limitations as to how much you can spend. That's right. But on the grand scheme of things, shoot. So I love Proverbs 28 and 27. It says, whoever gives to the poor will not want, but he who hides his eyes will get many a curse. Mm. Mm. So given, given mm-hmm. to the poor, you will not want. Remember, these are just principles. Yeah. But I, th- I remember hearing you say this a few times, Joe. You said like in certain seasons where you remember just like just giving and giving and you, the Lord just kept providing mm-hmm. yeah. you with things. Yeah. yeah. That's true. No, that's true, man. Like I'm not saying this in a joking fashion. Like yeah. I really still see that. Like yeah. I'll, I'll give something, you know, give money yeah. away or do something that I think is like, man, I don't know if we can afford this kind of generosity. Exactly. And God just provides. And that's not like a... You know, I think sometimes because of the prosperity gospel, yeah. sometimes we're yeah. a little, little, a little um, hesitant yeah. to talk right. like that. It can you know? steal. It steals, or it, uh, right. it, it like uh, tries to. You don't want to be heretical. Sabotage <laughs> something right. that God has already. Co- yeah. he's already, he's right. already say, yeah. And I think the difference is is the prosperity gospel says do this in order to get hooked up. You there know, you whereas I think what we're saying is is that God does supply our needs. You know, sure. and when God gives us an opportunity to pour into somebody, invest in somebody, love somebody, uh, he's going to provide our, provide for us. You know, we can we can trust him. And then we get to look back and see him providing um, and, and realize, oh, he's a trustworthy God. Yeah. And so that, doing that back work still points at God receiving mm-hmm. the glory, still points at him being all sufficient, yeah. points at him being the provision. Yeah. And so you think, okay, cool. Can I tell you a quick testimony in this? Good. 
I don't talk about this publicly, so just between the three of us. Okay. <laughs> Years ago, long time ago, uh, we, when we were first starting out as a church, we had very, very little money. I think we had $375, $76 in our checking account. And I had set up my automatic giving to go out the, the following day. And so that, that next day, three, I think it was $375 was going to come out of my checking account to go to our church plant as my, as my yeah. giving to the church that I had committed That's at the right. beginning of the year to give on a monthly basis. And uh, I had rent coming up. We had no groceries. And I was like, what do I do? Should I cancel this? Should I, you know? Right. Now, I will say this. I think that I was free to cancel it. And I'm not saying this, this is why I don't right. say this publicly very much, right. because I'm not saying that you, you have to follow this as a model. Right. If a member of our church were to come to me and ask for my opinion on what they ought to do in a similar situation, I probably would say, what do you want to do? And I, I don't think you're sinning either way. That's good. Um, but anyway, I did decide to just go ahead and give that to the church. And that the following day, um, we had a couple that offered to let us move into their house with them mm. so we didn't have to pay rent anymore. They said we can live for them rent-free and that they would pay for us to eat and have food until we get back on our feet. Praise God. In that moment and looking back, I always saw that as just God's provision for us. Right. Yeah. You know? And I, again, I'm not saying like, man, if I didn't give that yeah, to the church that he would have not done yeah. that. Right. Yeah. You know, it's not like, <clears throat> yeah, but... But it, it is to say that God is good, and He yeah. does He does provide for us, and uh, so we can trust Him with our finances. Yeah. So uh, let's get it back though to this concept of generosity and uh, and sharing. So I, I like the concept of sharing. Uh, Basel of Caesarea. Basel. Basel of Caesarea. About a year ago, or so, I read his little book called On Social Justice. It's a collection of sermons. Ooh. Um, it's really good. The basic premise of Basel's book is, is that we ought to share. And I like that. I think, I think he's right. When you think of the rich man who built barns, he's not, he's not sharing his wealth. Uh, when you think of 1 John chapter 3, verse 17, he sa- it says, but if anyone has the world's good and sees his brother in need, yet closes his heart against him, how does God's love abide in him? And so Basel, this is, Basel was writing, I think it was in the year 3... <coughs> 85, I believe, mm. in the Roman Empire during wow. a famine. And Basel came from money. He came from a well-to-do family. Uh, but he began to see, like, man, there's so many people starving, literally starving to death without food, while the rich are eating and enjoying these luxurious meals. And so he's basically calling the Christians in his church mm. to share, like, hey, if we, if we see our brother suffering, yet we close our heart against him. Mm. He's just asking this question, how does yeah. God's love abide in him? And it's so Sheesh. biblical. It is. Yeah. It's almost like uh, you've uh, uncomplicated it. <laughs> like, that is it. Someone's That's what I liked about Basel. Yeah. You uh, uncomplicated it. It doesn't take a million thoughts yeah. and um, caveats and ways for right. you to rationalize your way out of it. That might be sinful. But yeah. really, do you have an excess? Well, we do like to overcomplicate some. things. Yeah, I mean, because we, like, we don't like ultimately our idols being um, yeah. attacked. Yeah. And... If you are like heavily introspective like me, you already feel like you're doing the wrong thing, so it feels yeah. like one more wrong thing. But God's yeah. beckoning you to just yeah. go you, to him and, have, and do what you can. Give. Yeah. See somebody you need, give. Yeah, and I, I think we can begin with the household of faith. We yeah. can begin looking at our church. 
you know, if, if there is a situation where somebody has, I don't know, an extra bedroom, yeah. well, isn't that wealth? You know, we have a wealth of rooms. Sure. And uh, there's a young person in your church who needs a, an affordable place to live during their school program or whatever to get on their feet. What a, what a wonderful way to share. Or you have extra food in your fridge that you're going to otherwise throw out if it doesn't get eaten. Uh, or you have an extra car and somebody's car breaks down. Like there's just so many ways that we can be people of generosity yeah. with the wealth that we have yeah. and recognize that it's not, we don't need to feel guilty for having the yeah. extra car, Stephanie, as you've confessed yeah. that you have two luxurious vehicles. Oh yeah, we've got one now. We, the other one's totaled. Oh, okay. <laughs> but we did have <laughs> well, two. Well, don't ask me for mine. No. I, <laughs> we only gener- have one. <laughs> and generously so, members have stepped up and we have not, I mean, we've been without a car for two weeks and we haven't been without a car for two weeks. At the same time. So that's I, been really sweet. I think in some ways, this is what Jesus meant. When you, when you become a Christian, you have a hundred fathers and mothers. Mm-hmm. There's this network of family that you have. Now, if a man doesn't work, he doesn't eat. We've got all these principles yeah. where we're not like enabling uh, poor behavior. However, yeah. we are called to be people that share. And then I would say within the church, we, we begin there, but then it, we love our neighbor as well. Mm-hmm. It extends beyond to the man who's beaten along the side of the road. And here comes the good Samaritan. And I do want to highlight this though. You know, the Bible calls us to give, but with the right attitude. Mm-hmm. Mm. Right? So second Corinthians chapter nine, verse seven, the giver is not under compulsion, but does so out of the joy of his own heart. God loves a cheerful giver. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we do it with joy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So Christians may have wealth. Yes. 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 Don't make it the end, the end goal. Yep. Mm-hmm. You have to store it well. Yep. All right. So maybe what we need to do in the in the forthcoming episodes is talk about uh, whether or not wealth should be pursued. Worthy conversations to have. Yeah. Next time on the stoop. Oh, you need to think thing, think through these things. <laughs> think thing the ding ding. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Stoop Sessions. Be sure to catch us next time. As One Hope exists to build healthy churches in the inner city, check us out and connect at www.onehope.gives. Stoop.